Hi, church. Welcome. So glad that you are with us this weekend. I uh, want to give you two quick things that I think you'll find um, really interesting. The first one, let me give you an update from our Easter service uh, last weekend. Uh, I made the statement at the very beginning of the message that I felt, based on uh, just using some logic, that last weekend more people would hear the good news of Jesus than ever before on the face of the earth. And I gave some reasons behind that. Let me just give you a quick update on um, the numbers that just our church reached last weekend. The software that we have allows us to um, see who streams and watches the message versus just visiting the website or uh, going to the app for something. And so we had over 17,000 people watch the message last weekend, just, uh, just Jubilee, um, our message. So imagine that. That is, uh, what is that? Um, uh, like, like five times our normal amount of people, six times our normal amount of people uh, were reached last weekend. Multiplied that times the number of churches around the world that used media last week because of uh, the quarantine and the shelter at home in all places and having to use media. I just stand by that word right there. I feel like more people heard the good news of Jesus last week than at any other time. So what, um, what could in many ways be portrayed as this virus has changed our lives forever in some ways, it's changed it for the better forever. It's allowed the good news of Jesus to go out uh, far more and uh, in multiplication. And uh, it's allowed us to think of new ways to, to reach people. And for that, I celebrate. And on the idea of a celebration, we have one more in our family that we are so pleased to tell you about uh, our son and daughter-in-law, Daniel and Holly Leach, had their third child, a little girl named Adeline Idel uh, uh, Nami Leach. And Nami is actually a Hebrew um, name that um, we, we discovered, and it means grace, sweetness, and beauty. And we feel like that's exactly what that little girl looks like. So Chris and I... Daniel and Holly and Mark and Cheryl Van Duren, Holly's mom and dad, uh, celebrate. Please celebrate with us. We're so thrilled. Six pounds, two ounces, 19 inches. So one more, one more good thing in the middle of all the other stuff that we hear that's so negative. God gives us a kiss that is just so incredible and we rejoice and we're so thankful. Okay, uh, let me go ahead and we'll jump into our message. Uh, it begins a new series this weekend that we'll do for the next few weeks. What I'm trying to do with our series right now is to, uh, to listen to the Holy Spirit. We always try to do that. But with, with the um, COVID-19 and with how people are dealing with this, we're trying to be in the moment, right, right at, the, at the forefront. Some people are trying to flatten the curve. We're trying to stay ahead of the curve right now in order to lead, to lay track so that, um, so that we can guide and guard what God's given us, uh, his people, and watch over them and help them to be able to navigate these times. So the series that we just got done with 
um, unshakable. Just dealing with it was, it was once this virus had hit, everything had been shut down, everything was shaking. We wanted to talk about how when it's built on Jesus, uh, our lives can be unshakable. But now, uh, here's where we're moving into uh, over the next uh, month or two. We now can see light at the end of the tunnel. We recognize that we've made it through perhaps um, the, the darkest days, right? But now becomes maybe a bigger challenge for people because we see light at the end of the tunnel. We know that um, uh, we want our lives back and we know that that is going to happen. But here's the question. When is that going to happen? Because that, even though there's light at the end of the tunnel, is it a train coming at us? I'm, I'm teasing. Or is, is it just a, is it a moving target, right? It's not fixed right now. We can't get a firm date that on this day everything goes back to normal. We know that probably a week from this weekend, they, uh, they have said they'll begin to lift the quarantine. But rather than a light switch that's turned back on, they described it um, as, as more of a dimmer switch that will slowly ramp back up. And if you remember how we went into this, uh, you know, we go from normal to we can have 500 people, then we can have 250 people, then I think it was 100 or 50, something like that, and then down to no more than 10. My suspicion, I don't know this for a fact, but my suspicion is that as we head back into the lifting of the quarantine, that it'll lift probably in a similar way. You can have 100 people. You can have 250 people. Uh, you can have 500 people. Okay, now you can go ahead and have uh, your meetings. I know that when the president talked about this recently, uh, churches were put in the, of his threefold plan, churches were in the second category. Um, and so for many of us, we find ourselves having to navigate and deal with uh, how do we get back to normal and I think right now, to be honest with you, uh, it was a shocking thing that we went through when we ended up in shelter at home in quarantine. Now, in my mind, it may actually be as difficult, to be honest with you, to navigate coming out of this uh, because it is going to be like we're, we're at the starting gate ready to go and we're being held back. We can't, we can't get back to our lives. We can't get back to normal. And of course, that's a place where the enemy totally wants to take advantage. So we're trying to take our messages right now and tailor them to the situation at hand. Uh, so I titled this one the idea of, of the grind. We're having to grind it out a little bit right now. We can't just simply slip back to normal. We want our lives back, but we can't quite get them back, right? Uh, part and parcel, a bit here and a bit there. That's a difficulty. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, is the scripture that I'm using to sort of be our text as we launch into the next few weeks. And it says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Listen to the second part. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So I want to talk about that this weekend. I think there are three things in this message uh, that can give us a bit of a roadmap and help us navigate coming into this season, what we need to do next. Uh, my daughter Amy sent me a really interesting article that I think probably will cover the gamut of where uh, we find ourselves. So I'm going to read 15 things that I think people are experiencing and will be experiencing 
uh, over the course of trying to get our lives back. And it was so interesting that I felt like, I, I know I've experienced two or three of them, maybe more. I bet you'll identify yourself in these things. The article was by uh, a lady named Anna Borges, so I wanted to give her credit for that. But here are the things that people are experiencing right now. And by the way, these are totally normal things that you can be experiencing right now. Uh, one of them is feeling just burned out, right? It's just, it's the grind of dealing with this new normal, uh, of not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring exactly. Uh, just that feeling of, you know, when is this going to end? Uh, just, you know, kind of pressed, redlined, and it gives a feeling of being burned out, believe it or not. So even though we, we are, quote unquote, you know, resting at home, I know for me personally, I've never worked harder uh, other than the very first and second year we planted this church than I'm working right now. And I bet many of you can say the same thing. Uh, here's the second thing that people are feeling. It's, it's just normal. People are feeling angry right now. Uh, we've experienced upset, turmoil, loss. There's doubt about what the future is going to bring. It, it just brings an anger right now. Uh, some people, it's just the opposite. They're surprisingly calm in the middle of this, almost shockingly like, like, like you're in shock, like, uh, okay, what, you know, I guess that's it. Uh, here, here's another one. Uh, people are spiraling about what might be tomorrow because it's left to so much guesswork right now, quite honestly. Just like what I said here, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be like this. We're all in that place. No one knows for sure. And even if you think you do know, here's what we're subject to. Depending on what happens with the virus, uh, does it pick back up? Does it go away? What, what happens right now? When I say go away, it's not going to go away, go away. But uh, will it flatten itself out? Because we don't know that right now. It's just so easy to constantly be spiraling about what might be. Here's another one. Uh, people are struggling with working from home right now. It was sort of the dream for so many of us to be able to work from home. And then we find that it's not quite um, the dream that we thought. So, so let, me, let me throw mine in to that. This is one that I'm struggling with uh, right now. Uh, it's hard for me to find balance and boundaries in working from home right now. Uh, as soon as I wake up in the morning, uh, it begins because we're connected uh, to the internet because we all have cell phones for the most part and because we're, we're wired as it were, it begins as soon as I wake up. There's text, there's email, there's media. I have to intentionally cut myself off to spend time with God first before those things. But it's the moment I wake up, it starts, it goes all day long. There's no set, okay, we're going to do this for the next eight or nine hours. It goes all day long in some form or fashion and right up until I go to bed. So uh, finding a boundary right now, working from home is not the panacea that we all thought uh, it might be. Here's another one. Uh, people are yo-yoing between hopefulness and hopelessness. One day you're great, it's going to be fine, we've got this. The next day you just feel like it's, uh, you know... I. I can't go on, it's over, I'm losing, uh, you know, what, what's going to happen? I know for us, let me just throw this out to you real quickly, uh, we've been paying attention to uh, the payroll protection plan that we've heard so much about and that um, uh, our government has, has worked so hard to try to keep the economy going by protecting people's 
um, paychecks. And so this incredible uh, billions and billions of dollars were set aside in that $2 trillion stimulus plan in order to help people with their paychecks. But it was so, the response was so overwhelming that if you weren't on the first day or two getting your application in, uh, they've run out of money. And, and um, unfortunately, uh, all the churches that, not all, but most of the churches I know, including ours, um, we were cut off before they, uh, before they ran out of funds. You know, it, it's, we didn't get them is what I'm trying to say. So it puts that pressure. You know, one day, hey, we're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And then the next day, it just feels like, wow, the bottom dropped out. Here's what I'm glad of. I'm glad that the government is not my source. I'm glad that Congress is not my, uh, my provision. I'm glad that God is my provision, and I'm glad that you are on our side. I'm glad that you are faithful to support and keep your church strong. Here's another one right here. Uh, People are craving a hug, craving a touch. I asked Chris this morning, what what are the things you look most forward to being able to do again? And one of the things she said was just to hug our children and especially to hug and touch our grandchildren. I echo that. We, people just are, are, you know, we're doing the, the bump thing with the elbows or waving from a distance. We're afraid to, to touch. I go to see my mom wearing a mask and, you know, can't come anywhere near her because I'm afraid that she might catch uh, this, this virus. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you another one that I, one of the first things I look forward to is getting a haircut. That's, that's what I look forward to. Uh, how about this? People feel stuck and unsecure. Uh, it's totally a normal thing, but they feel stuck and they feel unsure, very insecure right now. Here's another one. People are actually grieving right now. Some of what you're feeling uh, go through the stages of grief, you know, uh, denial and anger and bargaining and acceptance. People are grieving right now. Uh, an inadequate feeling about productivity. There's no Uh, Like I said, there's not a starting line and a finish line. You're just working all the time and unsure. Is this making any difference right now? I know that um, I'm asking the question on the devotionals right now. I'm doing the daily devotional uh, through the app right now. And and some of the staff has helped with that. Um, And asking the question, hey, has this run its course right now? Uh, is this, is this, my sense is that it, there was an immediacy of, of hope and of courage that was needed, but now we've kind of hit that place where we've all become, uh, JJ said it, we've become sort of numb to, okay, this is, this is life. I'm not sure that, uh, that it's needed, but I'm not sure that it's not needed. And then there's an inadequacy there that I, I think that we're feeling. Uh, some people are feeling over their heads with kids right now. Now, just stop for a minute. Listen, you hear them? Uh, If you don't, go check. If you do, I bet you're feeling over your head right now. They're just, uh, um, it it can be a lot. Uh, A resurgence of past trauma uh, is one of the things people are experiencing. Traumas uh, tend to the feelings, the emotions, that pathway uh, sort of then opens back up. Things that we felt like, they're dealt with them in the past. Suddenly, we're dealing with them again. And some of you, as you're sitting in your living room or listening as you're walking, you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. Some people just simply feel numb. Um, JJ did one of the devotionals. You should listen to it. 
Um, <clears throat> it was it was uh, it was excellent. He he is a uh, Jay is a very smart man, and one of the things that he pointed out was just that feeling of numb and how do you come out of being numb? And it was excellent. And then the last one, just simply that no boundary, no balance idea, and I shared on that one. So here here are normal things that people are feeling. And I think they're intensified right now. So this is where the direction of, of what we're trying to address. How do we navigate this? How do we handle this? As you can see, these things make you so ripe for the enemy to come in right now without mercy. He, he steals, he kills, and he destroys, according to Jesus in John 10. So what can we do uh, in order to put up the defenses? Jesus says in one breath, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But then he says, but I've come to bring life and not just any life, but abundant life. How do we protect ourselves with the abundant life that Jesus promises? That's the antidote. That's the vaccine to the thief stealing, killing, and destroying. So that's where this message comes at in, in Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So if you're taking the notes, you want to write it down. Uh, these three things, uh, I'll go and, and get on it now. One, deferred hope. Deferred hope. The Bible says that deferred hope makes the heart sick. In Psalms 146, verse 5, uh, the writer of the psalm says, joyful. Love that word. We need more joy. Joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord, their God. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but hope in God brings joy and life. So don't confuse right now that even though we may look at a moving target, one thing never changes. It doesn't change in the past, it won't change in the present, and it will not change in the future. God is faithful. God is someone you can put your hope in, your trust in right now. If you feel any of those things that I read or maybe something that I didn't read and you don't know what to do, I'm talking to people right now who are looking for hope. Let me tell you where you find hope. Hope is in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Pastor John, the God of Pastor Chris, the God of Adeline Leach. He is the God of of your life and he loves you and he cares for you and invites you to put your hope in him. I think right now, one of the things that we find ourselves uh, dealing with, I wrote it in my notes this way. I want to fill it in. Wrestling right now with trust and struggling with control. Who can you trust? Can you, can you trust what's being said in the media? Can you trust what's coming out of Washington? Can you trust the statistics? That, can you trust your pastor? Who, who can you trust right now and, and who's in control of my life? That for me is probably the thing that brings anger. I feel like someone else has seized control of my life, is telling me I can and I can't. And I, I don't like that. That, that. that causes me great grief. So I, it just seemed to me that there are three reactions that when we struggle and wrestle with trust and control... Three reactions that we kind of go through. I'll read them to you this way. So, so maybe this is cathartic and maybe this is in my heart. Maybe this is for nobody else but me. But these three, um, these three ideas of surrender, when we're wrestling and we're struggling, it really comes down to, to surrender. And so I put the first one is just the false surrender. And that's this idea. Okay, God, I'll give you control so that you can now do what I want you to do. 
We convince ourselves that by, okay, you're, uh, I, I, I surrender, and now I've done my part, so you do what I want you to do. Uh, that's just a, 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 an incredibly false sense of what it means to surrender. We, don't, we cannot uh, treat God like he's a puppet on the string. Okay, dance, God, dance. I gave, I prayed, I, I, I said, I surrender. Now you do what I want you to do. That's really not surrender. Uh, it's really, you're the God of your life, but you're, you're going through the idea that if I do this, that I can get what I want. That's a false sense of surrender. The second one is just fatalistic surrender. And that's the idea where you just are so fed up and so overwhelmed and uh, you, don't, you don't give up, but you give in. So you just simply are like, whatever, I, I don't, whatever, you know, whatever, let's just get it over with. And that is, that, that's not right. And the last one that I wrote is just the real surrender. And it's simply this, listen to me. The Bible says when you put your hope in God, you can be joyful. The real surrender is this, it's coming to the knowledge that God is good that you can trust him with your life, and that in all circumstances, he never loses control. The Bible says that he holds us in his hand and that no one can snatch us from there. Do you feel like someone has snatched your life? Do you feel like you've lost control that has been taken from you? So I want to assure you right now, that if you put your hope and your trust in the Lord, he is worthy of that trust. He is the provider of our hope. He is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. And I want to assure you right now, what you do with all of these emotions and all of the things that you're struggling with, bring them to God in true surrender. True surrender is God. I can't do anything about these except this. I give them to you and I trust that you are good. And God, I will not try to be the God of my life, nor will I just simply give in in frustration. But God, I will wait patiently and expectantly for you to do good in my life. And in that, it sounds so easy to say, those of you who know, it's difficult to do, but the reward is fantastic. It's the peace of God that passes understanding. It's the joy of the Lord that guards us watches over us. It's the life that Jesus promised about, the abundant life, the life that's worth having. I'll give you the second one. That scripture says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Let me talk about desire fulfilled very quickly. Uh, if I could stand in front of you right now and ask this question, what is the desire of your heart? What do you want right now more than anything else? When Chris and I were talking this morning, uh, in our kitchen, I was trying to just, where's, where's your heart at right now, my love? What do you want more than anything else? To, to hug our grandchildren. How, how about the simplicity of, I just want to be able to get in my car and just go where I want to go without feeling guilty about that or feeling like I'm doing something wrong. Here's what she said. I want to be together with our church and worship the Lord. What's the desire of your heart right now? Uh, not judging it. Maybe it's something selfish. I, I want to be by myself without all the other stuff going. Just what's the desire of your heart? Because the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But God 
working in us, uh, having a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. What's the desire of your heart? What do you want more than anything? What would happen if you got the desire of your heart? What would it be like? Uh, in Psalms 20, 1 through 5, and by the way, can I just give you a, like a, here's what Pastor John's doing right now. I'm spending a lot of time in the Psalms. If you go back and look at my devotionals, if you uh, were to take all the messages that I've been teaching since this COVID-19 has come into our lives, if you were to look at the majority of the scriptures that I'm teaching from, uh, most of them, the great majority are out of the Psalms right now. I think that David was that, and he wrote much of the Psalms, not all, but much of the Psalms. David was that, that man who was a warrior and a worshiper. And that's where I want to balance my life at. I want to be a warrior, right? And be able to fight giants. But I also want to be a worshiper. I want to dance like no one's watching. I want to be that in front, a man after God's heart. And so, so much of who David uh, was, is, what he wrote resonates with me. So I'm hanging out right now in the Psalms and finding such courage and hope in the Psalms. And these are words from Psalms 21 through 5. In times of trouble, listen to this. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of the God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably upon your burnt offerings. May he grant you your heart's desire. Can I say it one more time? May he grant you your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our God, may the Lord answer all of your prayers. Wow. Do those words bring to you any significance of hope? Or are you just numb and they just kind of bounce off of you? Right now, I'm finding such life and hope in realizing that other people who have gone before us have experienced incredibly difficult circumstances, and they found their hope in seeking the face of God. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably on your burnt offerings. May he grant your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. The Bible says desires fulfilled are a tree of life. What is the desire of your heart right now? What do you want and what it would be like uh, if you got it? And I just, I think it's an important question because it reveals to us what's going on inside of us. Mine right now is to be back together as a church to worship God, but not to go back to where we were before. Not that it was wrong, not that it was bad, but we've experienced something that should change us. We should be more desperate for the, for the presence of God. We should be more than ever looking for the miraculous touch and healing and, and preservation of our God. We should come together, not as, as people who sort of like, okay, that's where I go to church, but come together, this is my family. We're Jubilee Strong. How about that? Jubilee Strong. Psalms chapter 16. 
verse 5 and 6. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Here's what the writer is saying. Taking into consideration all of the difficulties and everything, he comes to this conclusion because of his relationship in God. Even though all these things are going on, my inheritance has fallen to me in pleasant places. You know you're doing well and experiencing the abundant life that Jesus promised when you can survey all that's going on around you and say, it's fallen to me in pleasant places. Either, either you've lost your mind or you've discovered the secret. And what's the secret? <laughs> that our God brings joy and he brings life. He is abundant life. Let me give you the third one. Uh, according to Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So the third one is a tree of life. Uh, it, it obviously is a reference to uh, the very first book of the Bible and the story of Adam and Eve that God uh, had created nature, put together the perfect environment, and then created the man uh, to caretake over what God had created. And when he recognized that it's not good for the man to be alone, he created uh, from the man the woman. From, from his side, he took the rib and then created the woman. And I've heard it said that God's reason for doing it from the side was that they would stand equal. Uh, if it was from the head, she's above him. From the foot, she's below him, but from the side, they're partners together in the grace of this life, the Bible says. And if you know the story, God put them in this perfect environment together and told them, take care of all of it. You're in charge of all of it. Uh, have dominion. Watch over it and, and conquer it. Do, do what's in your heart to do. But here's the only thing. In the middle of the garden, uh, amongst Hundreds, millions of trees. These two trees right in the middle. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Uh, the only thing they were not allowed to do was to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. They have the tree of life. I, I've often thought you have these two things set in front of you, uh, death and life. Why wouldn't you go to life? I just think it's part of our fallen nature that at times we just do not put faith in what God said. We think we know better and we go to that natural place, the knowledge of good and evil. And maybe right now you've been eating from that tree too. Maybe part of the reason you feel angry, you feel burned out, that you're struggling with anxiety, um, that you're overwhelmed, maybe... Not necessarily, but maybe part of the reason you're feeling that right now is that you're eating from the knowledge of good and evil. Your trust is not in what God said, but it's in your, your hopes in government, your hopes in, in this world, your hopes in that th this is all going to change and I'll go back to normal. And I'm not saying it's wrong to want to get your life back, 
But I'm saying that our hope is not going to be found in the things of this world. It's going to be found in our God, creator and Lord of all. So the tree of life. What is the tree of life? Uh, do you know that throughout the Bible, in several books of the Bible, the tree of life is talked about uh, in Psalms. Psalms chapter 1. Uh, it's written that uh, the person whose life is built on and, and developed in uh, the word of God, the principles of God, the things of God, he is like a tree of life planted by the water who produces fruit every, uh, every day and every month and throughout the year and his leaf never withers and everything he does prospers. How would you love that everything you do prospers? That's the tree of life. The book of Zechariah uh, predicts when it talks about the return of Jesus that from Jerusalem, uh, God will spring forth a fountain, a healing fountain of water that it, it describes going from Jerusalem down to the Dead Sea. Uh, the, most, uh, the reason named the Dead Sea because nothing can live there. And the Bible says this water that comes from the throne of God will touch the sea and everywhere the water goes, everything will live. The Dead Sea will transform into the most beautiful oasis uh, on the planet at that time. And it's a picture that next to where that water is, the tree of life, it says, springs up and the nations eat of that fruit and they're healed. This tree of life uh, it grows wherever the Spirit of God is allowed to, to flow in your life. Paints a wonderful picture. The book of Ezekiel describes the same thing. That the water of the Holy Spirit, as it gets deeper in your life, man, uh, it starts at the ankle, then to the knee, then to the waist, to the shoulder. And pretty soon it's a river that you can't walk and you swim. It, you can go deeper with God. And it says growing next to that place is the tree of life. In the book of Revelation... Uh, interesting picture. It says that next to the throne by the crystal sea, uh, it describes trees, plural, not singular, trees of life that the nations will eat the fruit of and it will bring healing to them. It will bring restoration to them. All of it is a picture and a telling of this life that Jesus talked about it in John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy I've come to bring life, and not just any life, but the abundant life, the life that's worth having. It's this tree of life. Here's my question to you. Um, what is, where is, who is this tree of life, right? Do you know, um, this just this interesting uh, thought, and then I'll step right into how you eat of this tree, who this tree is. Um, this interesting thought that in Genesis, when the man and the woman uh, turned away from God and they did the one thing that God told them not to do, they ate of the knowledge of good and evil, their eyes are open. Uh, it records this in Genesis chapter 3. God says, uh, the man and the woman have become like us, knowing the difference between good and evil. God can handle it. And humans cannot. It doesn't mean to know the difference between right and wrong. It means that you live your life now as God. You're the God of your life. This is right, and this is what I want. This is what I'm... It puts you, it, it puts you in the place of God, and you cannot be God. As much as you think you'd like to, you cannot be. 
So the Bible says that God said they have become like us in that they have lost their innocence. They now are eating from the knowledge of good and evil. And then this is what it says. We must act now. I'm paraphrasing. We must act now lest they pick from the tree of life, eat that, and live forever stuck in a fallen state away from God's purpose. So the Bible says the reason that they were banished from the Garden of Eden is not because God was angry, punishing them, disciplining them. God was actually protecting them from being stuck in the state of being fallen, of the natural mind taking over and you becoming your own God. And here's why this is important right now. The reason that we struggle, the reason that this can be so difficult, the reason that we can find all of these things happening to us right now is that instead of being steadfast in that place with God, okay, God, nothing shall move me from this place with you. We find ourselves like a monkey jumping back and forth. One moment we're in the tree of life and we're, we're, we're in deep with God. We're loving him. We're believing him. We're trusting him. And then the next moment we jump over to this tree and we begin to worry. We begin to doubt. We begin to become fearful and anxious. We begin to try to seize control of our life. And it produces the same thing. In the moment you eat of it, you shall surely die. Some death is worse than physical death. Spiritual death. Slow poisoning. Where, where you lose that joy. You find yourself further and further and further away from the light and into the darkness. And God's promise, come to the tree of life. Come to the tree of life. Wherever the river flows, everything will live. Okay, here, let me give it to you right now. What or who is the tree of life? Jesus is the tree of life. He, he's the tree of life. This is what Jesus said about himself in John 6, 51. Listen to these really incredible words. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of this world. He's drawing a picture of the analogy. Taking this life into yourself allows you to live how do we navigate what we're going through right now? It's not to trust in this, to trust in that, to give yourself part here, and this person said that, and the president wants to do this, but the Congress is fighting this, and the governor's going over here, and I think our church is going to here go to Jesus. Find yourself in Jesus. Let that be the fruit, the bread, the, the life that you take into yourself. The byproduct is you'll live and you'll live with joy. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. It's the same analogy of the knowledge of good and evil. The day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Steal, kill, destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full or the abundant or the life that's worth having. He's the tree of life. Does that make sense? And so how do we position ourselves? How do we navigate? How do we move far? How do we get through this grind? Jesus. All right. If you don't know Jesus, that's where everything starts. 
you must come to him and say, God, show me mercy. God, I need this life that John Leach is talking about. God, I want to experience your goodness, your kindness. I, I want your life, <laughs> not the life that I'm trying to pursue. If you've never said to God, be good to me, forgive me and help me, I, I need your life. Today's the day, man. Don't put it off. Uh, last week was Easter. <laughs> this is a totally different day and time. Today's the day of salvation. If you do know God, but you find yourself struggling right now, you are just, uh, you're overwhelmed, you're burnt out, you're troubled, you're weighed down, you're anxious, you don't have hope, you feel numb. Um, Jesus dealt with that very thing. Come to me, the tree of life. All of you who are weary and burdened and heavy, and anxious and weighed down, who don't know what to do, who feel paralyzed, who feel unsure, who feel lost, who, who feel like something else has taken control. Come to me, Jesus says, if you're in any of those conditions, and I will give you rest for your soul. Take my burden and give me yours. He says, because my burden, my yoke is easy and light and I will give you rest. So church, I'm just, I want to invite you right now. So we'll never get away from this simple truth that the life we have, the only message Pastor John has is that Jesus is life. I may come at it from different ways, different angles, uh, different scriptures, different stories, but it's all, <laughs> have you been around me long enough to realize I've, I, I've got one bullet, I, I've got one shot, I've got one message, Jesus is life, and God offers you his life. You will never outgrow it, outpace it, just because you said yes to Jesus 20 days ago or 20 years ago, you still need every day God's life entering into you. Where are you at right now? So Father, we love you, and I bless you, and I just pray right now, for your life, God, your life to fill us right now. Wherever the river goes, everything lives. The tree of life springs up where your spirit is at. Father, fill us with your spirit right now. Push out the death, push out the doubt, push out the unbelief, push out all of the things, God, the, the, the things that are stealing, killing, and destroying. And right now, bring your abundant life, the tree of life. Jesus is the tree of life. God, we partake right now of Jesus. We take it into ourselves. We say yes to you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness that we can experience today. I bless the work of your hands right now. And God, I do look forward. I do look forward to the new things that you have for us as individuals, families, and a church. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Sure love you. Can't wait to be with you.